0: citizen femme production presents i hope i get it the podcast the show where we share all of our audition room stories we talk about the good
1: the bad and the oh my god did that just happen hello everyone welcome to the final episode of season four this week my guest is erica levy erica is an actor and producer based in los angeles after braving the chicago winter for a few years she decided to move closer to home and enjoy some sunshine she is a co-creator and producer of Drip the Series. Some of her favorite roles include Lilith in She Kills Monsters, A Witch in Macbeth, Helena in The Rover, and Titania in Midsummer Night's Dream. When she's not acting, she can be found hiking or binge watching Love Island. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Erica Levy. Erica, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to to chat to you. Um so before we begin with our with our conversation. You and I have never met, and this is what I love about this podcast. So I had a guest on, uh, Georgie McCauley, who introduced me to Matthew Torres, who was a guest on the podcast. And Matt was like, you have to have Ari and Erica on. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So, and here we are. So this is so great. I feel like I'm, I'm building my own, like my own new podcast network of people that I get to, um, learn from and potentially work with. So I'm excited to have a little conversation with you.
0: Me too. I was just actually listening to a podcast this morning about talking about building your actor community and how important that is, especially in a time where we're all so, um, I mean, everything's through the internet right now. So having people all around that you can reach out to to help with auditions or just chat about like what it's like to be an actor and like The highs and lows of it I think is so important um, just to have and especially I'm I'm very new to LA so starting to rebuild my network here it's so wonderful to talk to people all around the world who are doing the same thing.
1: Yeah I am so I'm in South Africa right now this it's February when we're recording this um, and I'm in the process of moving to the states so I will be like new new and so this is So when you talk about having the, you know, a community and like building your little support structure or, um, that for me is like, I'm nervous, but I feel like I have enough, I'm making enough friends and I've made enough friends because I've worked in the States before, um, to go and, and, and like start over, you know, it's just crazy. It's,
0: I mean, it's, I was so terrifying starting over. So I lived in Chicago for five years and then the winter just like killed me. And I also didn't really see, yeah, it was rough. I'm originally from Las Vegas. So like I experienced my first below freezing in Chicago. It was very rough. Um, but when I was like looking at moving and in Chicago particularly, I didn't really see a career path there for me. So that's when I decided, you know, let's try out Los Angeles. It's warm. I'm closer to home. But the thought of having to find friends to rebuild the support that I had in Chicago, I mean, even just self-tapes, you know, having people, all different kinds of people to help you with your self-tapes is, was really, really daunting, um which is why I'm so glad that I I moved with Matt and Ari and we we had our own little community that now has really branched out and it's become
1: like truly truly amazing. Yeah, so so important. So uh speaking about, you know, you've gone from one city to the other and I feel like Chicago is very much a and like correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Chicago is very much a a theater minded city whereas LA is very much a screen-minded city.
0: Uh, that is absolutely correct. There, there are some uh, TV and film opportunities in Chicago you have like the Chicago Med, Fire, PD all those um, but again they're casting you know guest, guest stars or co-stars out of Chicago all their leads and major roles are getting cast out of LA or New York So to really make a living in Chicago on theater is something that I just couldn't break into. Um, And I feel like a lot of people I knew also couldn't break into. And I mean, like, that's the goal is to make all of our income off of acting. Of course, we want to be series regulars or movie stars, but the true, like, attainable goal is to make money off of our acting. And I just, I, in the theater scene in Chicago, is so invaluable of finding yourself, finding what you like, what you don't like, and in in a smaller pool that feels so much safer. So I loved and I cherished my time in Chicago. But there was a point where I was like, all right, in order to take my career to the next level, I have to do LA or New York and LA just won out. Um, There's so much more opportunity, TV, film and commercials out here that you know you can make so much money off of a commercial.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um so let's let's speak about your audition experience. Uh do you remember that the first professional audition um experience you had?
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> um I auditioned for a musical in Chicago. I was fresh out of college. I was like, oh my God, it's my first audition. This is amazing. I I remember, I was it was like two weeks into the city. I, I didn't know anything. So I'm like on a bus, I have no idea where I am. I go into this like music studio. I say, they asked for 16 bars in the audition notice. And then when I got there, they were like, we want you to do the full song. And I was like, I haven't done the full song in a year but okay and I did it and it was not good because I wasn't warm. like so I my song was life of the party from wild party that's a hard song and the the first two um first verse and chorus is what I auditioned with because it, it showed off a really good part of my range but then you hit to the end where it's like the key change and I wasn't warmed up for that so I bombed, and I just remember being like, man, that was rough, I guess. I, I From then on, I was like, I have to over-prepare. I'm going to over-prepare everything. they ask me for something, I'm going to have it. Like, it's got to be ready at all times. So that that was my first professional theater <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time.
1: <laughs> um, I feel like we all have that story where it's like, that was awful, and I probably will never have a career. And it's usually like one; of, it's always one of those first ones that we've done, you know, when you walk out of college and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so good! I was the best in my class." <laughs> and then you get out
0: here, and you're just like, "Oh my god, everyone was the best in their class."
1: Yeah, true. Um, so, what has what has been for you the best experience that you've had? in an audition room?
0: It's been so long since I've been in an audition room, Um, especially being in LA, everything is self-tapes. So I think the best audition experience I had in a room was I did a production of She Kills Monsters and one of my friends was the director. And so just having the comfortability with her to really, I felt like I could take any chance that I wanted to, like if I had an impulse, I felt that I could follow it. And even if it was bad, I just felt so comfortable with it. And she gave me a few notes on on the monologue I was doing, but I just remember walking out of that room and being like, yeah, I have that part. Because I was so free, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I've been chasing that feeling of being comfortable and willing to take risks in front of anyone. Because we're not gonna have the chance to audition for our friends every time. So having really being comfortable and knowing yourself to follow your impulses in, in any room is something that I think we should all always be striving for. And I was lucky enough to have it because it was my friend. But I I, I would wanna bring that to every audition that I have, and especially with self-tapes as well. Um you have to you have to take risks in self-tapes and really follow what your gut says about something instead of just thinking of what they want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a friend uh, who was a guest on the podcast and she said that we people do their best work when they feel that they and their time are being respected. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. So when we're in those rooms and um, it's very easy to feel uh, defensive in those rooms to go in there with that kind of thing in your head. Like I have to prove myself. Um, when, when they actually, they want us to do well, they want, they want us to be the person that they're looking for. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's, it is nice to go in there and just be like, okay, I feel, I feel I feel support. I feel I feel like they like my time is being respected and my time is being valued. You know, whatever I've prepared, whether it's two minutes or four minutes, they are giving me it's 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 what I've prepared and they are giving it the respect that it deserves.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, you know I'm I'm taking classes out here and I just took a, a commercial class and the biggest thing they were like, we just want to see you. That's it. You are enough, and whatever that that commercial calls for they want that version of you. So just bringing yourself to the table and really knowing who you are, I think that's the hardest part. Is knowing who you are is so important and I think you know when we think about what makes us stand out, it's you. It's just being yourself. Um and I think that's what we should keep doing and if we're just bringing ourselves to the table, I always think that we will feel valued and respected. Um because yeah, we're here to solve their problem.
1: That's what we're here for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love how you said that. Knowing who you are, I think personally, for me anyway, when I left college, I I thought I knew who I was as an artist. You know, um, but going being in the industry and having had the experiences that I've had, um, in various locations that i've had them i now can sit and say okay i thought i was this type of artist but i am this and i am that and so it's for me now when it comes to like audition notices i know what what is a waste of my time and who's time you know i'm going to waste their time if i go in there um and then i i know what's in my wheelhouse i know what my strengths are and i feel secure in in my abilities
0: yeah and i that takes so long to learn because I felt the same after college. I was like, I can do anything. And I want to be like a great artist and like, Oh my God. And it just took like five years of just trying and hitting my head against the wall to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And I think I am grateful. That's what I could do in Chicago, that I don't know if I would have felt that freedom if I had just moved to Los Angeles right away. Um, So I think that's, you really got to figure out who you are and what you want. And, you know, especially when you're thinking about casting. So I'm getting headshots next, new headshots next month. And so I'm in the process of figuring out, okay, what's my casting? What do I need? Who are the characters I play? What wardrobe are they wearing? And then figuring out where my gaps are in order to take headshots that will really market me. Because the in LA everyone talks about your headshot that's the way to get into the door and if they're not specific the likelihood of casting calling you into audition is is kind of low
1: yeah um it's it's like I know that like it's a brand and we are the brand essentially you know and you have to know what your brand is but also brands do change and brands do evolve and I think I think sometimes we get scared of changing and evolving because if you decide, well, actually I'm not going to, I'm not actually cut out for musicals, then like what, if then I'm, I'm not a triple threat, you know, then I, then I'm, I'm missing something because I'm not doing the singing part or the dancing part. If I only do, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where it's like, but it's okay. Like this, my brand is evolving. Brands change all the time. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's totally cool to be like, you know, I am not a dancer. I cannot dance. I am not graceful in any way, shape or form. And I had to accept that about myself. I was just like, I can't, I'm never going to be a dancer. I'm never going to be in a chorus line. Like that's just not going to happen. But knowing that I can say, but what am I good at? And what can I focus on? And Or, you know, maybe I'm not a dancer, but I could strengthen my mind body connection, which will help me in other ways. So let me do different types of movement to build up my movement. I'm still not a dancer, but I can move in different ways that maybe dancers can't. Um, So yeah, just no, just, I think it's really important to be like, this thing I'm really not good at, and I'm never going to be that. And that's okay. Because new roles are written all the time. Like, you know, I used to be a musical theater actor. I'm, I'm really not anymore. Um, and that's not because I don't, I felt like I couldn't. I just wanted to focus on different things. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's good to know where your strengths are and really leaning into those and being okay knowing that you can't be everything.
1: hmm mm-hmm, yeah. And being gentle with yourself uh, about that as well being kind to yourself.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, at least every actor I know is so hard on themselves and is constantly being like, I could be better. I could be better. I could be better. And that, I love that mindset because it does push you forward and motivate you. But I think sometimes we need to say, where am I putting my time, energy and money because classes are expensive, even if it's not an acting class, it's, you know, a dance class, a yoga class, you know, I do CrossFit because it cal- it helps me with you know, being mentally there and also benefits, you know, body, body image and all that. It's expensive. So you have to know where to invest your time and money. And I think if we spread it out too
1: much, we're really doing a disservice. Absolutely. Um, you've, you know, you've spoken about the best experience that you've had in, in the audition room. What's been the worst experience that you've had?
0: Worst was this actually happened fairly recently. It was my first in-person commercial call in Los Angeles, um, which I was really excited for because I've I've only had to do self tapes, uh, since I've been here. So it's really exciting to go in person to the casting office, be in the room with the, um, the session director and it was a group call of improv. So it was like a family thing for, it was a, a quick like family spot for or a, like a gaming app or whatever. And so they just paired, it was like mom, dad, sister, brother. So I got called in for sister and they were just like, the thing was you're at uh, dinner, there's like a slight argument. And then the brother says something and we all look like, oh my God. And um, I got paired with these three other people they were great. It was fun to talk to. We get in the room, and all of a sudden the the guy who was playing the brother just starts being like, "Yeah, you're on cocaine." and like you just drink all the time." <laughs> and the session director stopped us and was like, "Hey, you can't say you can't say that you have we have to delete that take. This is a commercial. it's a family brand." So I felt like I got screwed over because my, my scene partner just started doing whatever he wanted. So that was probably one of the worst. And it had nothing to do with me. That's the part that sucked. I was like, I just randomly got paired with this person who was completely unaware of what's acceptable in the industry. If you're going in for a family commercial, you don't start talking about drugs and sex and alcohol. Like you just don't. And that's what he did. I was so mad because it was my, it was my first in-person commercial audition here. Um so that was probably my worst worst one.
1: Yeah, but you know what? That's that's the thing um with going and just getting like randomly paired up with um with with people that you don't know. Like tomorrow I'm going for a for a commercial casting as well, and I'm just I don't and like it's I've had to learn choreography, I've had to learn a song, I've had to learn a script, um, and I just don't know who I'm going to be in the room with, you know? So I have to just trust that my preparation, that, that they see that, you know, I've prepared and that I, I yeah, I just, it's it's very much a, um, a wild card activity.
0: <laughs> it is. And it's so scary to put your audition in someone else's hands that you don't know. You've never met this person and likely you will never see them again. And I, it was just... It was not the best experience because I just felt that I got, like, I, it was a wasted opportunity. Um, even though I was prepared, as prepared, like, they were just like, come here and it'll be an improv audition. Like, that's the only, so first of all, I, I'm i not an improv person. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. So any sort of improv, I'm just like, I, please no. So I was already kind of anxious going into it. And then just having someone who is completely like, I'm going to steal the show was tough and I think afterward I had a lot of like just a lot of feelings of feeling really disappointed and not knowing how I could have done better or how I could have fixed the situation which you can't because it was someone else
1: yeah uh you know you spoke about you you know taking classes and things like that and uh, what is your what is your preparation like before an audition what do you, what are the things that you do
0: Um, so it's, 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 they, they're different based on if I'm doing self-tape or in the room. Um, I'll probably just talk about self-tape because that's really what I've been doing. And I think preparation is first, you have to like find someone to read with you. And I like to cast them in my head. So if, you know, my scene partner is male, then, you know, I'm going to ask Matt. Or if it's female, I'm going to ask my roommate, Autumn, or my friend Ari, um, to read with me. And those are people that I trust who will give me notes, who are going to be there and present in the scene with me. So that's step one. Step two is learn the material. Um, You know, do all my actor stuff. And then when I, before I'm filming, when I'm getting ready and putting on my makeup and doing my hair, I really just like to like put on some music, chill, not think about the audition because I find if I overthink it, then it's going to, it's, you'll just see that I'm in my head the whole time. So I just really just like to chill. Maybe I'll throw on some reality TV because I will really love reality TV and just chill. And then when I'm setting up my self-tape setup is really when I'm all right, all right, I'm now in audition mode. And now is the time where I'm getting into character. I'm thinking about my moment before, I'm figuring out, okay, is it a comedy or a drama or a commercial that's gonna affect my backdrop and how I'm gonna do my lighting. Um, and then once I have that set up, we'll do just one, ta- we won't even record most of the time, just one time going through the scene with my partner. So we know everything that we're, we're good. And there's not anything that I need from them, like a sound effect, or maybe I need them to like hand me something, something like that. And then, um, by that time, I usually feel very grounded, very centered, very comfortable Then I'm able to just hit record. And Most of the time, I'm then able to do, you know, three or four takes and feel really good about it.
1: Yeah, that's great. That, um, uh, you know, and these self-tapes, it became became the new normal, like, very quickly. And even though things are opening up again now, we're still doing, I mean, today I spent four hours with a friend doing a self-tape, you know? And it's like, okay, so, you know, we were at her house and then the sound is, there's too much noise at her house. So we get in the car and we drive to my house and we have to reset up everything. We're moving furniture and like lights are going up and we're trying to do this and try and then the plane flies over and it's like, oh my God, go back, go back, do it again. You know, so we're competing with so many um, elements that are out of our control when we are doing these self-tapes. And that's, I mean, that's on top of everything that we put into them, you know, in terms of getting the, like you say, getting the lighting, right. Is the lighting fitting the mood of the, of the piece? I mean, you know, who, who can read with me? Um, you know, I, in South Africa, I work in English and in Afrikaans. So my friend, who's like my go-to reader, she doesn't read Afrikaans. So it's like, okay, I have to get someone. So like my sister, who's not an actor, I'm like, can you come and read, just read, (laughs) just read it for me, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. When we first moved here, um, Matt had so many Spanish auditions and i you know, I'm his roommate. And so I would help him with a lot of these auditions because for a while it was just the two of us. We didn't really have, we didn't know anyone else. And so like, I know some Spanish in the sense that like I took Spanish in high school and college and I can understand some. But like he would have whole sides in Spanish, and I felt so bad because I'm just like trying to get through. I kind of know what he helped me understand what I'm saying, but I felt like the worst reader. So if you need someone who has a foreign language, you gotta find that person because I think it's really doing a disservice if if you don't have that. I think with self tapes we think the reader can just like not look at us they can look at the lines and just like kind of like make sure we're still in frame but it makes a huge difference when we're actually connecting with someone. I think that's the magic of self tapes is you you need your reader to be in it with you.
1: Absolutely, 100% agree. Um because you you are uh what's the word I'm looking for? You're like transmitting is that the word this energy onto the screen right between you and this person and you're getting the energy from the person who's reading yeah i mean
0: i had to do um last year i'll probably do it again this year i do self-tape may um where you do 16 self-tapes in in may and you last year my goal was to just get comfortable with putting my setup together and being like all right i can do this and i can put my setup and take down in five minutes or less is kind of my goal was. And then also to have fun and like pick material I was excited about. Um So I was doing a scene and it was a really emotional and very difficult scene. And I wasn't looking at my partner. I was just looking at where I thought the eyeline would look good. And I couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. So then finally I was like, let's just connect. I was doing it with Ari. So we connected and did the scene as if we were just doing the scene. And I got it like that. It it took no time at all. And I think that really opened my eyes to just say, our our scene partner in a self-tape is our scene partner and we need them to be as invested as we are. Not asking them to memorize or do like a whole character piece, but just connect with us and give us the energy that we need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree 110%. Um, You know, this industry, the one thing that is a, like, for sure thing, constant thing is rejection. It's getting those no's. It's, you know, I think you just you just get used to it immediately and just figure out a way for yourself to deal with them. Um, what is your rejection strategy? How do you deal with all of this rejection?
0: I don't know if I necessarily have a way. I think I've just gotten so used to it because a lot of the times... A lot of the times, you know, you send your audition, and you hear nothing, and I've I forget about it. I've gotten really good at submitting an audition and just completely forgetting about it. That sometimes when I get the rejection email, then it hurts. If I just don't hear anything, I'm like, oh, I didn't. I'll think about it a couple months later, and be like, I guess I didn't book that. Um, but if I see the no, sometimes like that hurts worse. <laughs> um, so I don't think I really have a a rejection strategy. I think what spurred Ari and I to create Drip was the fact that we weren't getting work that we wanted and that we felt showcased us and work that we were interested in. Um, I think a lot of the times as actors, we're, we're just auditioning things that I feel like most of the time we're not even excited about. We're just excited to act. And I think nurturing that part of us that is excited about acting and excited about the work that we're doing is so important and that is really what got us to do Drip because we were just so over auditioning for things that we didn't like (laughs) you know and I think it's so hard and even if you're just you know creating TikToks or, or reels or something but it excites you I think that's so important to have and I think that when I started focusing on creating my own work, or even just, you know, like, being a creative person, suddenly the rejections didn't hurt as bad.
1: Yeah. Um, I, so I also prefer, like, just don't tell me it's a no, like, it's fine. Because I also, I forget, because there's so much going on, um, that I also forget, oh, I auditioned for that. Oh, what about, you know, and then I say, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I didn't get it. But I, the one time and it was like in 2020 at the height of all this madness I I we would they were asking for self tapes for like a brand new musical and was gonna be done virtually and I was like okay cool this is something new interesting whatever so I audition and then I didn't hear and I was like okay this is totally fine and then I got an email and it was a rejection email and it was the nicest email that I have ever received that I I actually said to my friend, I was like, I want to print and frame this email because it was it was a no, but it was it was such a kind and and they absolutely didn't have to do it. They could have just been like, no or not even re, you know emailed at all. but they took the time to like say no. and then it was like, please, this is it's not an indication of you as a performer. it's it's not about like your skill set. It's just the vision we had for the piece like you obviously just don't fit that vision but it was such a nice rejection that i was like thank you for this rejection (laughs) i don't think i've ever experienced that i
0: did get one the best one i got though i i have to pull it up i'm sorry it's so bad oh i think i maybe deleted it i okay so as i was submitting for agents out here um, I would say I sent like 200 emails to agents, being like, uh, "Please, someone that had you know in it had like a little blip about me, and then my my current headshots and my reel was in this email." And a month after, I had already gotten an agent, but like a month after that, I get a rejection email, and it just says, "Dear Mister Levy, we are." are not taking clients or something like that. And then it, it was like a lot, a paragraph break and then it just said, sorry. And that was my rejection email. And I was like, where, where did you get that I you saw my picture in my email signature, it says she, her, like, where where did this go? It was so funny. And one of the words that I was just like, you know, even when I potentially am looking for a new agent, like, I'm not even going to submit to them because they didn't even take the time to, like, actually respond. I just wish they hadn't responded, you know, because it just shows the lack of respect.
1: Um... You brought up Drip. So now we're going to segue into that. Mm-hmm. So um, you and Ari um, are the creators and producers of a web series uh, called Drip. And it's just, it's so fascinating. I love, I love what you're doing. I love the concept. So please tell, tell us all about Drip. Cause I'm, I just, I'm obsessed with it.
0: <laughs> well, um, Drip has gone through so many changes, um, so as I said before, Ari and I decided to create a web series because we were so unhappy and unfulfilled with auditions that we were getting and the work that was available to us that we just we decided that we needed to create that was something for us. And originally, it was just going to be something fun that we could do and create. And as, as we started working on it, we fell more and more in love with the story that we wanted to tell, that we really wanted to put all of our heart into it. And we're both very like driven perfectionist people. Like we're not gonna do something half-assed. Like it's just not gonna happen. So originally it was gonna be a six episode web series about 15 to 20 minutes each um, that we wrote. We had finalized writing it. We had cast it. We raised $10,000 to shoot it. We had everything in place. And our first day of shooting was March 15th, 2020. Um, so obviously we couldn't do that. Um, we thought like everyone else at the time, um, we would be back to normal in April. So we pushed that. Um, and also to add even more anxiety to it, um, I, my lease was up in like May 30th of 2020 and I was, that's when I was moving to LA. So I was gone after May. And then Ari, her lease was up in like September of 2020, I think. And that's when she was going to move to LA. So it's not like we could just keep postponing it. It was like now or nothing. So then April rolls around. Obviously, it's still not happening. And we just decided to postpone again um and then over the summer we we rewrote some stuff and then um the goal was to shoot in August of 2020 i would say with Ari. we would shoot it in a month it would be the most stressful month of our lives because again it's not like we're doing something simple um it was quite complicated it's um the story is about witches and and magic so and all of our magic comes from blood um so it's not like it's just like a simple like web series. like We had to figure out a whole bunch of practical effects. Um, It was a lot of work, but we were going to do that in August. And two weeks before um, we were set to start in August, our director dropped out and uh, some of our casts were uncomfortable with COVID, rightly so. And so we decided to just cancel the production because Ari was moving. It really wasn't safe to have all of our whole cast there, um, and it was it felt really wrong to ask people to be in this when COVID was still so big and no one, I mean, vaccines weren't out yet. So we, I ended up going to Chicago and we shot a, a proof of concept. So at least we had something. Um, so that's kind of like the pre the the drip web series saga, um once I got to LA and then Ari got to LA, we decided we still had money, but we didn't have the community that we had in Chicago and our friends who were willing to be in it for free or, you know, contacts where, um, our, you know, um, oh my gosh, our cinematographer, uh, was willing to work for a very discounted rate and get a crew for a very discounted rate so we could get a really high quality production. We didn't have that in LA. So Mm -hmm. what we're doing now, Drip is still alive, Um, we are changing it from a six episode web series to a nine episode TV show. Um, So we are obviously that's so much more that we get to play in this world, Um, but we just finished outlining the whole season we're working on writing our pilot right now, and then the goal is to then pitch to producers and then hopefully, you know, get it on air um, as a full TV series. Still the same concepts. We're still two, two witches who are just really trying to figure out life. Um, it's, you know, it's like as if Broad City met Sabrina, um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So it's, it's very much like the two of us trying to figure out our life we happen to be witches but that doesn't really like come in handy like there's no like otherworldly creatures attacking us like it's it's really just us living our life um and i think it's i think it's fun it's it's something that feels very different than what's on tv um our characters are really just exaggerated versions of ourselves that's been really fun to kind of like look at and be like how would i react? okay that's how bridget would react but then like up a lot a notch kind of a thing um so drip is still alive it's still happening um it's just in a different form um and you know looking back on a lot of it it's cuz my boyfriend will ask me like do you regret not being able to do the web series and a part of me does because then at least we'd have something you know <laughs> like all this work and we have like a product but the other part of me is um really excited about what we're doing now with it it's it's definitely changed the story a little bit it's it's still the same but it's so much more rich and and closer to what we want it to be so it is kind of a nice little like blessing in disguise
1: yeah I, and and it's fine that things change you know like this is this is great you know you took the lesson from from having having it not being done the way you originally envisioned but now it's 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 different and you're going to take those lessons into this new um, the new form that it's in. Um, and I think it's like, it can only get better because you're learning and you're growing and you guys are learning new things and you're adding new things to it. So I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, we're, re- we're really excited about where it's going.
0: Um, and again, it just, it feels so nice to have something that you have creative control over that you have a say in and that feel that is exciting to you because when you're auditioning, like, okay, commercials aren't the most exciting thing to audition for, like it's necessary and it's a really nice paycheck, but it's not like feeding that inner creative soul that you have. And I just think it's really important to do that, whether it's, I don't know, just finding something you're passionate about and, and doing it. And I think that's what's ultimately gonna sustain people in their careers when we're, you know, we have dropped some not booking or you know you get burnt out you have something that's exciting to you and that feels like a part of
1: you i I just think it's so important as creatives yeah absolutely and and you have um it's um what's what what i'm trying to say it's like it's yours and you are creating it like my friend always says don't wait create you know you get to tell the story that you want to tell the way that you want to tell it. And you are not beholden to anyone else's vision, but but what you and Ari, um, have in mind for, for the project, you know? So, and I, that, that's so freeing as an artist, you know, to not feel restricted in that way, to not feel like, oh, I have to, because this person and that person, and I, can I, can I voice my opinion? Like, this whole thing it's it's yours. You get to do, you get to tell the story that you want to tell in the way that you want to tell it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of, you know, it's so daunting to create your own work because there's so much that goes into. Like I I when we started doing drip, I had no idea how a producer does anything. I had to learn everything because I was a theater girl. I didn't know like I didn't I was like a shot list what does that look like like what what, why do I need it I had to do so much research so it was good knowing I also think like creating your work is so important but then not have it putting pressure on yourself because it is like it's a lot of work to then fully produce what you're looking for so what I've started doing in the meantime is just you know uh, I'm not a writer. All of Drip, all the dialogue, Ari writes. I'm more of a a story editor. Um, We're still co-creating, and I'm there when she's writing the dialogue. But I tried writing a dialogue, and it was like, Bridget walks in the office. Hey. Hey, Bridget. Like, it was just like, I'm not a writer. And I think that's okay, but I still want to create my own work. So what I've started doing is, like, 30 minutes a day. Because, again... Fully producing something is so daunting and terrifying and a lot of money and a lot of time, but even just 30 minutes a day, you know, I have so many stories in my head that I think are cool that I just like kind of write a, a treatment for a short film or, a, you know, that's what I'm currently working on is, is just a treatment of a short film. I'm not pressuring myself to write it, but I am making myself come up with like what happens and, and the genre and the tone and, and how things happen. And it's allowing me to open the door to writing, but I'm still creating something that I'm interested in, but I've, I'm i not pressuring myself that I have to produce it. Like it just could be a cool thing that eventually one time I'll come up with a story that I've done a treatment for that I'm just like, I have to tell this. So not everything needs to be produced, but I think it's important to, to exercise
1: that muscle in us. That is so oh that's i'm so glad you said that because now my brain's like taryn you should be doing that i am because i have like all these folders and all the projects have titles you know and and like in my head i'm like that project is about that and that project is about that but i never actually get to like opening a document and saying, okay, this project is this, this, this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the ending. So I think I'm going to do that with all those (laughs) empty folders sitting on my desktop. I'm going to be like, I'm going to do a treatment for each one.
0: Yeah. And even if it's just like 30 minutes a day, and sometimes I'll, I'll set the timer and it's like, I write one sentence, but at least I'm like, I'm, I'm doing something. And again, no pressure on actually producing it. But it's at, least, and it's at least creating that muscle and that um, discipline in us because a lot of the time, you know, if we go a week without an audition and then you're like, okay, I have class one time a week, but if that's the only time you're like working on your acting, mm-hmm. isn't great. And I, I do think by by writing or trying to create something, I'm still working on my acting. It's just in a different form. And it's it's really helped, again, with the rejection or not getting – auditions that week it is still I'm still pushing myself to become a better artist and be in it
1: absolutely I wanted to ask um has your attitude towards auditions changed over the course of 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 your career yeah
0: I I used to be like I need to be what they want I need to be what they want I need to get it perfect I need to like I need to be exactly one way and there's only one right choice and I have to figure out what that right choice is. Now, I, you know, I haven't gotten like a huge audition where I'm like, oh my god, like it's, it's smaller commercials and like one-line co-stars and stuff, Um, but I don't put that pressure on myself and it's hard not, I still sometimes do, but I really try to just be like, I'm gonna do this character in the way that I see it and the impulses I have. Of course it all comes from the text. I'm not doing something completely random, but I'm really just saying, hey, this is me and this is what I think and I'm gonna make strong choices. And it doesn't matter if they're wrong, but I'm going to make them. And that gets reinforced in the, you know, the acting class I'm taking, my commercial class. Like sometimes a thing that you do can spark something else. In them. So it's really just about really just being yourself. Like I so my boyfriend is obsessed with Ghostbusters. And uh we they they just released a a thing where the it's like a special DVD of all these special features of Ghostbusters, and they had all the audition tapes of the women uh who auditioned for Dana, which was fascinating to watch. Because it, it, the script changed. It was so fascinating. And they were all so different. They didn't have Sigourney Weaver's. But then he was telling me that in Sigourney Weaver's audition, she was just like, oh, I think she should become a dog at one point. And then just like got on her knees and like acted like a dog for this part of the story. And then it became part of the film. Like she just had a take on who Dana was and went with it. And I just thought, that's so cool. And I want, to do, I want to come in with a strong opinion. Who cares if I make a fool of myself? I came in with what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah, that is, that's so, um, fa- it's so fascinating to see, uh, to watch other people process things or other actors, I should say. I, it's interesting for me to watch other actors process things. So that's why I love doing, I, I, I work in film and television and I'm, I'm also, I'm a, th- I'm, I'm a theater girl, but I'm, I, I work in film and TV and I feel grateful that I have that, that opportunity. But I love the theater because in that rehearsal room, when you are watching everything kind of come together, um, for another actor and, and so it'll happen sometimes you're like halfway into a run and you're sharing a scene and it just, for them you know um i love 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 things like that i love watching how other people because my interpretation of something is very different to your interpretation of something so to see several people you know read the same line for me that's like i love that because i get to see and it it kind of opens my mind up to go oh maybe you know that i would never have thought to play it like that but maybe that is could work too
0: yeah and it it tells a different story but that's still that you know, story is still a good story. It just is what the writer sees that story to be. So as long as your choices are text-based and you can support it, you got to go for it. Don't worry about, again, we're here to solve their problem. And that's what I really, yeah, and that's what I really try to tell myself before every audition is I'm here to solve their problem. And, um, I'm enough as me, which again, is like, you, you don't feel that every time. I think it's really hard to say like, this is how you should feel every time, but that's the goal.
1: Yeah. I love that. You said that you, that we're enough, you know, I, it and like, and it is hard. It is hard to have that mindset always and to be like, I am enough, you know, because we're always like, I can be more. And, and you're right. Actors put so much pressure on themselves. Um, but i think i think if we all just kind of keep that in the back of our mind that we you know we're trying to solve they want us to solve the problem you know and they and we are enough to do that and we can do hard things <laughs> um what is the what's the best audition advice that you have received
0: um wow it's been a long time i think for a while it was, uh, I heard this one in Chicago is that you should treat yourself after every audition because you just put yourself through like a very vulnerable experience with like, you're probably going to get rejected. So like always treat yourself. And I was doing that for a while and treat yourself could mean anything. It could be, you know, getting a manicure or, you know, taking a bath. Um, for me, it was like, just like unplugging, um, which I still think is, is valid advice, but, um, when you have so many auditions that it's like I can't treat myself every week you know what I mean so I I still think we need to take that like okay we did it we put our best foot forward and now we can like unplug from that like mind space I do think that's important um but the best audition advice is really just be yourself and have fun the casting directors love to see when we're having fun and like making choices with the material um so that, I mean, yeah, just, you know, be yourself, have fun. It's your chance to act for that day. We're not given the opportunity to act every day. And someone just gave us an opportunity to act and they're going to watch us. If you get your tape on time, they're going to watch you. Someone's going to watch you act. And that's all we want as actors. So I think thinking of them that way has has helped.
1: I love that. I love that. I'm going to go into my... Uh... I have a casting tomorrow, and I'm going to go in with being like, this is my opportunity. (laughs) Let me show you what I got.
0: Yeah. I mean, auditioning is our job. Like, if you really think about it, like, that's what we do most of the time. Being on set is like a cherry on top. You don't have to worry because they're going to tell you exactly what they need, they're going to tell you if it's good or not. Like, you got it. Auditioning is our job. So, we have to
1: love it. Yeah. Um, okay. I have three quick fun round questions just to end off our, um, our really lovely conversation. I can't believe it. we've been chatting for like almost an hour, but I feel like there's still so much I want to, <laughs> there's still so much I want to ask you. Um, so the first one is if you could do any other profession, what would it be?
0: A baker. I love to, I love to bake Um, I, I was really into sourdough for a while. I had to stop because I would make a sourdough loaf and then eat the entire loaf in one day. And I was just like, I really need to stop this. Um, but I am vegan. So sometimes it's, it's really hard to find like vegan baked goods. A lot of places it's easier in LA. Um, but I would love to have like a cute little bakery and coffee shop. And then like a little stage where, you know, like open mics could happen or like, I don't know. That sounds really, that sounds really nice to me. Or Or a travel vlogger. I love to travel. So like if I could do that, I don't know how I'd feel like putting like my personal life online, but um, a travel vlogger would be really fun to just to travel the world.
1: Yeah. If if you paid me to travel the world and like be like, and this dish is made up of whatever, whatever, and this drink is made up, whatever, whatever. And behind me, these mountains are whatever, whatever. That's cool. Like, I'll take it. That's fine. Thank you. (laughs) exactly okay the second question in your opinion who do you think was so perfectly cast in a role uh and this can be across any medium um that if they if they did it a hundred times with someone else it would just never be that person
0: i think the entire cast of succession
1: oh my god yes
0: the entire cast like there's not someone who's poorly cast. like I'm sorry if I saw someone else try to do Tom, I would just be like, you're not doing it this isn't Tom and like the Tom and Shiv relationship every every literally every single person is succession is perfectly cast. it's impeccable and um yeah, it just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't have the magic
1: you, yeah. I am, um, I'm just going to, yeah, I just have so much to say about that show, but that's like an entirely different podcast. Um, so I'm just going to be like, yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. Oh my God, I'm like obsessed with that show. There's just so much I wanted to say. <laughs> okay, the final question. If you could play any role, what would it be?
0: Uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> which is so not like me and the characters that I play but when I was five years old, I'd put I'd put on that movie, I would get the props, and I would act out the entire movie. So I just feel like it would be a really lovely, like um just a callback to my childhood. I love Belle's my favorite Disney princess. So I would I would love to be Belle.
1: I love it. I love that so much. That was the first um Disney movie that I that I saw. And so so this is a funny story. So my father went to the US. Um, he was doing some work when he came back, he had the VHS and beauty and the beast had just come out. This is like 1992 or something like that. Beauty and the beast had just come out, but because of the regional differences, our player, it played, but it only played in black and white. So I, so I watched beauty and the beast in black and white until, oh my God, like I want to be like, maybe like 10 years later when we got a new player that had the option to change the region. So like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and the Aristocats, I only ever knew <laughs> black and white. So like when, like 10 years later, when I'm watching it in color, I was like, get out. This is unbelievable. <laughs>
0: I can only imagine.
1: Oh my god, her dress is yellow. It's
0: beautiful. <laughs> That's like all I wanted was to be her.
1: Like everything came. I'm like Mrs. Potts, she like she has blush on. Like this, it was it. It was like you. It like it was crazy.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I, that would blow my mind too if I'd only known it in black and white man yeah Belle. i love Belle. love that movie love that musical
1: yeah i was working on a disney cruise line ship um the disney dream when they opened the stage show of beauty and the beast oh it's so beautiful it's just so beautiful it's so much fun
0: Yeah, I love that movie. It has such a special place in my heart. Of course, there are other, like, so many, like, meaty roles. that would be like, oh, it would be amazing. But I just think my heart would explode if I got the opportunity to play Belle.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Please, will you tell all the listeners how they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Give us all the plugs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just have an Instagram, which is Erica Levy. Um, i rarely post on it but i'm trying to be better about it um so that's where you can find me uh there's also uh drip this series i think is the instagram handle for drip um again we don't post too much on there because it's it's in development right now but if you want to check out what the web series could have looked like you can check out our instagram
1: perfect thank you so 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 much thank you I Hope I Get It, the podcast, is produced by Citizen Femme
0: Productions. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hope I Get It Pod.